Well then, welcome to Tuesday night of Masters Week. This is Draft for Upside. We are in the cup. Johnny Danger, Brewery Mark, back for the first time in a while. And my man, Adam White. How are you, fellas? Wonderful. How about yourselves? Uh, you know, doing all right. Um, uh, ooh, we got a little gula gula. I like that. I like that. That's what's in his cup. Mark, what's in your cup? I am about to pour a Edmonds Fitzgerald. I like it. I like it. Uh, Great Lakes Brewing, yep. yep. And I am uh, rocking this delicious uh, grapefruit spindrift sparkling soda. It's delicious. Very spring-like. It was a beautiful day today. It was a gorgeous day. I was out. I'm actually wearing a jacket because, um, you know, down here in Georgia, it's a little chilly. But, um, you know. Yeah, no, the basement, uh, the kid accidentally turned the air conditioner on to like 65. And in the basement, that means it's like 42. So, yeah. Oops. So, yeah, man. Well, uh, you know, I forgot to update our, well, I didn't forget. I, I saved over our intro. So you got to see the first draft of a iLogic Media commercial. How was that, Adam? I thought it looked pretty good. A little whiskey right. in history. Yeah, coming up on Monday night. That'll be nice. Uh, if you missed it, Tony Sincata on Monday nights, he gives you a single entry uh, insight into this week's Masters, and he's going to join us here at some point. Uh, so it'll be great to see him. And, of course, all the other great shows on iLogicMedia.com. Got to go check it out. But right now, fellas, we're talking about the Masters. And as we bring uh, – oh, Tony's almost here. There he is. Tony, just in time. How are, How are you, sir? Oh. Fashionably late as usual. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Tony Sincato. Everybody else said what was in their cup. What's in your cup, Tony? I don't even have a cup. I was trying to get online. <laughs> That's okay. I, I'm drinking non-alcoholic sparkling grapefruit soda. It's good for you. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you if you believe it, I believe it. <laughs> I love it. All right, Tony. Well, we were just about to uh, kick it off here, but uh, how'd you do last week? Did you do all right last week at the Valero Open? Yeah. So six of six last week in the lineup we gave up in the single entry lineup. And in the one and done, I had Mr. Spieth. So it was a very good week. And uh, lineups littered with Charlie Hoffman uh, there. But it was interesting. Uh, Jason Hadley and uh, Charles Swartzel making the cut and being in my lineup uh, was something I'll never say again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was awesome, man. I got five or six through. I finished, uh, I think, eighth in my uh, my big tournament. Uh, not enough to, to make a splash. And Adam, I don't know about the Valera Open, but you uh, scored pretty well last night in college basketball, I saw. Valera Open was okay. I didn't do a whole lot of gambling. I had a couple of DraftKings lineups that had five out of six and one with Charlie and Tringale. We've been riding those guys for, it seems you know like, it. months now. Months now, but yeah, last night was good to me. I had a feeling Baylor was going to take him down. Just Gonzaga hasn't played some defensive dogs like that, and uh, it paid off. Yeah, man, um, I was just afraid of flop lag. I don't know um, if Mark and uh, Tony are familiar with flop lag, but that's when you have like a, a king jack in your hand, and um, you know it gets busted down, and then the next hand, the flop goes king jack jack. I call that flop lag when you had the nuts for the hand before. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I was afraid of it. So I've just been playing Hoffman and Tringali every week. It finally paid off. It's, it's, been, 
it's been good all spring. Last week it was great until Turngale's weekend wasn't wasn't very good. But we don't need to talk about that. All right. But right now we're going to talk about the Masters. So, uh, you know, we did a little talk last night. Tony, I saw your show. Very good, of course. And uh, Ab and I jumped on a little bit uh, as soon as you were done, kind of, and um, and did a little breakdown of how to build our model. Um, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but why don't we go ahead and do the course breakdown? Adam, are you ready for that? Absolutely. Uh, this is a course I have actually been to. Never played, but I have been there for the Masters. Course is playing just under 7,500 yards now, tipped out. They are going to throw around some some different tee boxes. You'll see like hole three, the par four, will be up a little bit at times, so it becomes drivable, more of a risk-reward type par four. But the par threes are... Um, I think an underappreciated part of this golf course. Hole four is playing at 240 to the middle this this week. Um, a lot of long par fours. All four par fives are reachable. So we'll get into our par five scoring and why we like that stat so much. Um, but it's a beautiful golf course, rolling fairways, not a single blade of grass out of place. And the greens are incredibly quick and undulating. So putting does play a little more of a factor this week. And in particular, guys who have played these greens year after year after year and kind of know those little subtle nuances to the Augusta National Greens. So um, we'll get into it, but pretty traditional four par, four par fives, four par threes, 10 par fours, and a lot of par fours in that kind of 440 to 500 um, range. So we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit more, but that's a decent breakdown of the golf course and some water on the back nine, man. There's some, there's some risk coming down the stretch with uh, with Amen Corner, and then hole 16 has some water on it. So a lot can go wrong or right for you down the stretch. Yeah, and this is Augusta National, right? So, and it's in beautiful shape. This is what we expect from a Masters. Easy, fairways are super easy to hit. Greens are super difficult to hit. So we'll get into our favorite stat later. <laughs> also, the other thing about the Masters is these players are not allowed green books. So experience pays off a lot, especially on the putting surface. Definitely. And this is, this is not the Masters from November where the course was soft and easy to hit. Exactly. I was going to say we should definitely note that. And also it's top 50 in ties. It's an invitational tournament. So not as many players as your traditional week where it's 150 plus. But um, top 50 in ties make it 10-shot rules out of play. Um, so I think. Even with that being said, you're going to see a lot of a lot of six out of six lineups. So it's important to have some high scorers and or high finishers this week. Yeah, I think the most overrated thing this week is if you look at it, 86 golfers and 50 make it, and you're saying, "Oh, you know what? There's really only 60 golfers in this. You can throw 25 names right out before we even start based on past winning. So you do have to have six and six. You do have to have three guys in the top ten. I think in big tournaments." To, to actually put up a number, uh, that's going to bring home money. Definitely. Yep. I dig it. Well, guys, as we usually do, uh, let's go ahead and pull up some uh, DraftKings pricing and just start breaking it down. Break it down. Break it down. Let's see if I can get this in now. Like, I feel like every week I have to reteach myself how to share shit on this uh, screen. <laughs> but uh, there it is. Don't be jealous of my big fat $20 balance there, Tony. Don't be jealous of that. Don't be jealous of that. Uh, hey, at least you have a balance. Most people don't have a balance. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and take it right from the top. I mean, we got this uh, really nice grouping up here in the tens. We've got Dustin Johnson, Rom, DeChambeau, 
Thomas, McElroy, Shafley, um, really nice. I mean, it's the Masters, right? Come on. It's the Masters. But the truth is, is you're really going to be able to get one of these guys. You're going to really dumpster dive if you're trying to get two of these guys. So if you're concentrating on just one in the 10,000 range, Tony, where do you start? You know what? It's crazy for me because I listen to a lot of shows during the week, and I can't believe that this guy is not going to be one of the most owned. I think a lot of people will look at course history. I think this, you talked about it. There's no books here. Course history is played well. And there's not a guy with better course history than Dustin Johnson, right? Dustin Johnson won in the last one that we put out there with the soft course. But beside that, he hits top tens every single time he plays. And even though he's struggling, he's won five times in the last ten months. And we're disregarding him because he's had a couple bad rounds lately. And it's amazing to me. I think he'll be owned by less than 15%. I am going to pay the money for Dawson Johnson. Uh, you're right there, man. Uh, currently looking over at Fantasy National, he's about 11.8% projected ownership. And at the same in lineup building, uh, the, what the actual lineup generator is spitting out. So, yeah, man, I mean, you're going to take the number one player in the world at 12% owned. He's down like 25th in the field in ownership. I, I'm all about that. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, you know what? I initially this week, just because it was recent form, I wasn't excited about DJ. But I mean, the guy obviously can dominate the course like nobody else. When he's on, nobody can touch him. He's just that guy that if he's on his game, you're you're not beating him. And there's plenty um, of value in this field to to reach up to that eleven five. There is. You know, my initial instinct was Rom. He's he's finished top ten here his last three events. Um, you got JT, who's going to be very high owned in this price yeah. range. He's trended well every year. He's finished better the last five the last five years, and obviously just won the players, so he's playing well. Um, but I'm kind of with you, Tony. If I'm going to get an ownership discount down at like 11, 12 percent on DJ, and maybe it's even 15 percent, but if he's the third or fourth highest on guy up top, lock him in. We can find value down below. I, I told people on the show last night. I'm like, you know what? You listen to all these shows, and people have great advice, and they dig real deep. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's the most common sense thing in the world. If you have the best player in the world being owned by less than 12% and people worried about the last two months when he's won five times in 10 months, throw him in the lineup. He's had two weeks to prepare for this. I like it. And, Mark, of course, um, you and I were kind of going through our model. We, we like pretty much the same thing, as we almost always do. And the top guy in this field here for us is going to be Bryson, according to our model. Is that where you at? Are you sticking with that, or are you um... – are you on the, the, the Johnson train? <laughs> oh, Mark, you're muted. You're muted, Mark. The Johnson train. Maybe. I, I apologize. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's a couple different approaches that I am taking, but my Bryson is in my main lineup this week. Um, you know, with Bryson, it's, it's risk reward. He's the most volatile player. If you, if you, if you tell me someone up here misses the cut, I'm going to guess it's Bryson. If you tell me someone up here wins by five strokes, I'm going to guess Bryson. So, um, yeah, I'm going to definitely have some Bryson. Um, and if you look back at the last couple of millionaire makers on the Masters, um, the winning lineups had two of these 10K guys in the lineups that won the millie, millie makers. So I – 
we're going to talk about him in a moment, but this is where Jordan Spieth comes in because this pricing came out before he won last week. He should be a 10K player. So I have a lineup that matches DJ with Spieth, and that's kind of my two 10K player lineup going into this. Yeah, we can get into Spieth, but first I want to know, Mark, you've been absent from the show. You've been busy with work and other things. How much has it absolutely killed you to watch Jordan Spieth kick ass like every week when you aren't here to tout him? Yeah, well, at least I'm winning money with them, right? <laughs> Tony, I don't know if you know this, but uh, there doesn't go a tournament by that has Spieth that Mark doesn't bring him up in this show. So I, I know it's been really hard for him not to be on for the last month. <laughs> no, it's interesting because my my big uh, money laps do have Spieth and Johnson Johnson in there. So I'm interested to see how similar we are. But I want to talk about Shambo for a minute. I think this is a guy that has, of course, the most power in the world and long hitters excel here. But DeChambeau's a guy that I think when it's rough and, and everything isn't clean and pristine, he takes advantage of it with his power. I think it's more about having touch play around the hole and being able to get out of some of those long drives in errant places more to a speed like in DeChambeau. And I think he's actually – this is not the course to suit him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you got a great point there. They, and one of the things that really worries me about Bryson is his putting, and and like you say, he's very he's very precise. And how does he do this without that green book? And um, it, and we've seen in the past he can power through stuff, but he gets those greens and if his putting's off. He's missing a cut. He's he's been putting well though, and to me, I look at last year as kind of the. It was the the November Masters. I look at that as kind of his his way to test out the course with his new strategy of just trying to bomb and bomb and gouge it. And he's got a couple par fours that are reachable, and then he's got par fives that legitimately, if he hits good good drives off the tee, he's going to be hitting wedges into. Um, so there is there is something to be said. Some of these dog legs don't suit him as well because he can't just bomb it over the corner like he could at at certain events like Bay Hill. But um, I actually like Bryson this week. I'm not sure. I believe the ownership percentage. He's he's supposed to be 15, 16 percent. Yeah, that's um, where I he's at. I think that'll dip a little bit by the time the week actually starts. So um, I do like Bryson as a second guy in that true 10K range. I just think there's so many of these holes that um, you know these four par fours. He's going to be playing as par threes, and the the rough isn't penal. So so what if he misses? Uh, I, I like him a lot, but I, I'm starting to get talked into this Spieth and Johnson train. So I don't know, man. Yeah, and, and uh, one other one we haven't talked about yet is Rory. Now, I know Rory's recent form hasn't been good, but, I mean, over the last few seasons, he's been in a top five PGA player. He can win this. Uh, all he has to do is put together that final round, and he's there. Right now, he's at 10-2. And his ownership's at 12%. So you're getting a, a 7% discount from JT on ownership. So, so I mean, here's my deal on Rory, right? I ran my model, right? And I ran my model. The number one golfer was Rory McIlroy. And I was like, damn. I watch this guy play. I can't get excited. Talk about having a tough time putting. He's having a tough time. 
I just threw out my model after seeing him be, being number one. But <laughs> everything you say is valid. And and you throw in the numbers, right? All the categories we need. Rory McIlroy, in the last 24 rounds, even though we think he's struggling, comes out number one in my model. Yeah, plus you get you get the leverage of ownership. It's a great play in a big GPP. Yeah, I can't I can't do Rory. His last twenty four rounds, he's thirty first in approach, which is pretty pedestrian for him. Fifty first round the greens and seventy sixth putting, and he's also just historically not a great player at Augusta. He had a couple events where he really contended early on and faded, but I just. No, I can't jump on the Rory train. I haven't seen enough from him the last so, year plus. So where he made up his ground in my, my model was driving distance, uh, birdies are better gain, and shots gain two to green. And he comes in third, second, and second in those. That's fair. Yeah, the stats always look good on him. He just – I worry about his putter. He's oh, yeah, I'm not playing him. I'm just saying I'm looking at my model and I'm in disbelief. <laughs> I'm disagreeing with your model. It's not a good start to the week. No, I, I agree. I'd like, you know what? I always go every once in a while. I got to throw the computer against the wall and get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's keep it moving, guys. Let's get down into this 9,000 range. We all are, are pretty much, I mean, I know I'm on speed. It sounds like Tony's on speed. It sounds like Mark's on speed. Adam, you are never on him when we are on him, but are you going to make it four for four? I just don't see how you don't. I don't expect him to win, but I also don't see many scenarios where he doesn't top 10 as well as he's playing as much as he loves these greens, this golf course in general. Um, you know, unless he just is worn out from climbing that mountain and finally getting back to the top. And then this week he can't get back up for it, but I have a hard time seeing that because it's freaking Augusta. Um, so definitely yeah, he's got, speed. yeah, he's got great course history here, even through all the years that he was really struggling. He does good yeah. at Augusta and right now he is on top of his game. This course just fits his eye. He loves the greens. Um, a guy that I love, who I wouldn't have been surprised if he was in the 10K range, is Cantlay. Cantlay might be my favorite guy in this top 15 players or so. Yeah, I'm with you on Cantlay, man. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna fade Tony, man. I'm gonna keep fading him. I think that it's in his head, and uh, I called it after that like three in a row. Uh, of second places that the next cut event he would fall on his face. He did. He looked terrible the week after that. Uh, I just can't get on him, and I think it's in his head right now. So I'm out on Tony. I'm in on Cantlay. I'm in on Speed. That's probably most of my exposure to the 9K range. No web? Nah, no web. No web for me. You know, a lot of people talk about web, but he really has not put it together since January has come. Like, he's had flashes, but he hasn't put together a whole four rounds. I'm personally I'm on web. It's going to be a tougher week. Greens are firm. Should be a little wind and rain. I think um, if this winning score is in like the 13 to 15 range instead of 20, 18 to 20, I think Webb's a guy who can contend pretty easily. So we didn't talk about the wild card in this whole thing. Is which Brooks Kopka shows up at 9200? I mean, if you want to get a guy that could win the whole thing at 9200, we don't even talk about him. I know he's coming off injury. He's been rehabbing. He hasn't played in a couple months. I don't hate it. Anybody else on him? I'm not playing him either, but I'm like, it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden I tune in on Sunday and he's in the league. Yeah, if I was playing more than like three lineups, he'd definitely get some exposure. 
but he, he even with the question marks coming in, he's still sitting at 13.6% projected ownership. It, it's just a little high for me with a guy with the question marks. Yeah, I'm not playing him. I just I I'm worried that he's going to WD in the middle of it, so Fair question. Let's keep on moving, guys, right along. Right, go, go back. I get one more for you. All right. All right. What you got? Because no one's talking about him. Callan Morikawa. Okay. He had his first exposure to Augusta last November. He's the best ball striker, iron player in the world right now. And he's, a, he's at 10% ownership, 9.8%. He's a great leverage play in a giant BP, GPP. I I, I, yeah, I, I love Morikawa as a golfer, and I play him a lot. And um, I'm not going to play him this week. Uh, I, the putting has gotten better, but I'm not sold on it yet. And I think in this course, you're going to have to make a few putts. And I hate relying on that and using that as my excuse not to use it. But I look at him at 9600 I feel so much better to spend $200 more on 9800 Patrick Cantlay. Then I feel a lot better spending 200 less on Jordan Spieth. So that's why I think Morikawa's ownership is going to be low. I'm not on Morikawa either, but real quick, we haven't even talked about Patrick Reed yet. The guy won the tournament three years ago. He's been playing pretty well this spring. Um, why is there no talk about this guy? One problem with Reed, right, is distance has dropped, though, since he's won that thing, right? He's not hitting the balls far off the tee. And that probably – I think when you're Patrick Reed, anything short of your game being perfect, you're not going to win. And I think in this field, with all elite golfers, I think he can compete. I just think it comes up short. Comes up short of what you need out of him at 9,300? You need a top 10, right? I think he's right around there. Could be. Yeah, I'm not on him. I just think it's curious that no one's talking yeah. about him. Yeah, I mean, I've read probably three or four articles and listened to a couple of podcasts over the last couple of days. And yeah, yeah, I mean, a, a mention here or there, but nobody's like, yeah, nobody's riding them. I don't know. All right, well, let's keep moving, guys. The 80, 80, uh, 8,000 8, range here. You've got Hatton, Westwood, Hovland, M. Berger. You know, I love Scotty, so Scotty's going to find a way into lineups for me. Uh, we just keep waiting, Adam. We just—I feel like we talk about Daniel Berger every week, and I feel like he just hasn't been there. Where are you at with Berger? I like—I like Berger this week. I like the way he's been trending at Augusta in particular. Um, maybe not the last couple of years, but overall, yeah, he just won—he just won at Pebble, man. He's—he's mm-hmm. like he's been there. He's been playing great golf for the last six months, but. I love I love Hovland at eighty seven hundred. I think he's a great bargain as as great of a ball striker as he is. The only thing with Hovland is the course experience, right? Coming into play. And with him and Zalatoris, I think that's the only negative because we'll talk about Zalatoris. His price is way low, but that's the only thing I worry about those two guys. But hell, like in this one, I think I'm gonna get low ownership on a guy playing really well a hundred dollars away and Lee Westwood, who's played this course and played well. Yeah, I like the Wiley veterans. I like the guys that have been there. I like the guys that aren't going to bow to the pressure. I really don't like the young guns in the Masters. I, I don't think it's worked out well, you know, overall, over the history. So, yeah, I like Westwood a lot there. I, I like these Wiley old veterans. Mark, what do you got down here? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, li- I like West 
westward in this range. I actually, I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like most of these players are overpriced in this range. I think, you know, Sanjay, Scheffler, Hovland, you know, I, I just feel like they're overpriced. I would, I would prefer playing them if they were in the high sevens. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of great value to be had. And what you're saying is that, you know, it's not necessarily that it's a bad price for them. It's just that there's really nice value in that sevens and, and even the top half of the six range that there's almost yeah. no reason to, to go here. It's better to pay up for a couple guys. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I agree. There's one guy that also intrigues me in the eights that a lot of people are actually talking about. He plays well again, and he doesn't win. But he's played very well over here. He's been here for four or five weeks. Fitz, yeah, Fitzpatrick, right? 8100 bucks. He has three top tens out of 11 starts over here. He's been uh, made the cut eight out of 11 times. He's a guy that intrigues me at 8100 bucks. Mm -hmm. I know. I had the same thought pre-show when I was looking over some of these guys. Um, he's definitely intriguing. One guy we haven't even mentioned in the 8Ks is your boy Cam Smith Danger. Guy's finished top five here twice in the last three years. He's also got some great form coming in. What are your thoughts on Mr. Cam? I mean, you know I can't play a week of golf without a Cameron in my lineup. So <laughs> I just got you know, Tringali did me pretty well. It would have been nice if he held on to the lead for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, Cam's probably going to be up there in the top Cam picks for me. <laughs> Who are the other Cams? Uh, I don't know. Is there, is there any other Cams? Cam Champ. Yeah. You know, I got uh, uh, The uh, Fitzpatrick, right? Fitzpatrick comes in there with three top 10s in his last three tournaments and six top 20s in his last six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like one that. thing you've seen in, in past years is guys that contend have typically, they've played well in, in weeks upcoming or leading up to, I should say, the uh, the Masters. So. I do like the guys with some form coming in. He certainly checks that box. And then there's one guy here in the 7K range that is just, I believe, extremely mispriced. I think he's going to be the highest owned if it's the same guy I'm thinking about. I think he's yeah. going to a $7,700 golfer is going to be the highest owned this weekend. It, does, it doesn't make any sense. But how do you pass on him? That's what I mean. And, and here's the thing, and I, and I try to preach this to people. Don't get off him because he's going to be on 30% if you think he's going to do well, and that's Paul Casey. Because, because all you need is one one person in your lineup to be different, and that creates differential. You don't need six different golfers, and people get carried away with that. Yeah, I know. People will look at the top end and go, oh, I'm going to take Rory and whoever, like another low-owned guy up top, and then I'm going to go with all these pivot plays. Like, Play the best players. It's pretty simple. You can differentiate one or two spots and be fine. I mean, the model that I built had basically uh, Cantlay, Casey, and Spieth, my top three players. And I like I like all three in my lineup. Yeah, I have Casey's number two in my, uh, in my model, and I love them. I have them in all my lineups currently. Uh, I You can't beat the price on them at 7,700. This is, this is a player that I would pay 8,500 for. Exactly so, what I was thinking. I, he's very well priced, and yeah, he's going to be in the top top three, top four owned players. But Tony brought up the best point: you need to find a differentiator, but you don't have to do it for every single position. You just need to find that one. 
Yeah, and the thing I look at is down here in the 7K range, how many guys do you look at that have a legit shot of winning? Of course, Louis Yu stays, and he's, he's got a shot. He's 7,500. No, he's I, dead I, to I me. I was wondering. He's, he's dead to me, He's dead to me after withdrawing at hole one a couple weeks back. Whatever. I had him in my lineup, too. I had him 100% owned. I was very upset. But <laughs> I forgive him. I forgive him. I saw some cute pics of him with his kids today. I'm, I'm back on him. I'm telling um, you, man, this this range is going to get a lot of play for me. I mean, I think Sergio is always, a, you know, a, a threat to go top 20. Um, Paul Casey, I love. Uh, Louis uh, Neiman, I think, has the skills to win here. Uh, Answer is a really nice young player. I mean, Zalatoris is number one in my model, but I just can't do it. He just doesn't have the experience. I can't do it. Uh, I'm not but, sure I'm with you on Neiman. Neiman's got a very, very low ball flight. And guys that hit the ball high at this event um, are typically the players who – who tend to play well over the course of time. So yeah. very little course history. He's played here once and was cut. I don't like Neiman at all. Yeah, he's just, he's been scoring though. Yeah. But he's just, been scoring. I just don't like there's, his fit for his game here. There's one player I didn't get on until today. And I'm like, nobody's talking about him. And that's Adam Scott. He's 11 for 11. And in, in, uh, making the cut of the masters. He won in 2013. He has seven top twenties. And he came tied for 13th at the Honda. Nobody's talking about him. He's 7,600 bucks. Yeah, that's a great call. Especially great at the Masters. Got to love the course history. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, Tony, you're the official uh, Billy Ho whisperer. So yeah, you go know. Back, go back yeah. up a little bit. Let's talk about uh, Zalatoris. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I want – Zalatoris is a guy that's not in many of my lives, but – in some of them that I've put in, like three dollar a three dollar lineup where I have twenty entries, I sprinkle in Zalatoris and Billy Horschel to tell you the truth, um, because I think Zalatoris is way underpriced. I think sometimes you have to get to a time where you price and force. And I look at the price on Zalatoris and I look at Max Homa, who's playing as good as anyone right now at seventy one hundred. You know what? They don't have great course history. Uh, they don't have uh, the metrics that make them here. But here's what I know is they're not 7,300 and not 7,100 golfers with Zalatoris and Homer. So I'll sprinkle them in if I go multi-entries. I mean, Zalatoris is number one in my model, Tony. It's just hard for me. You know, I don't, you're right. I think I probably should sprinkle them in there. I probably only play three lineups. Um, but he is number one in the model. Sometimes you got to just go with it. He's yeah, a, I, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a rookie here. If, if you're only playing three lineups, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, play him. But wouldn't. If, if you're playing 10, throw him in one. Yeah, absolutely. No, I like some of the Wiley veterans a little lower than this. Um, you know, guys I know I, I can get that top 50 without without blinking. Top 50? I gotta make, you got to make it's the cut if you're going to go dumpster diving, bro. It's not good enough. Like, what do you need out of Will Z to, to give you a, a great tournament? Like, if he finishes top 25 on the leaderboard, and the guy makes a ton of birdies, he's fifth in approach. Mm -hmm. If he just putts reasonably well this week, um, he's going to make a lot of birdies. If he makes the cut, I think he'll pay off his salary. So I do like Will Z at 73. I'm not on Homa, though. Homa, I've talked myself out of a little bit. Oh, you liked him yesterday. How quickly I mean, he turns. Yeah, first look maybe, but I've dug a little deeper today. Which which Wiley veterans are you referring to down here? Well, we'll Molinari. get there. They're, they're not here yet. They're not here okay, yet. so not Molinari, not Justin Rose? Yeah, the thing the thing with Zalatoris, though, Adam, is it's his, it's going to be his first – it's his first Masters – and we know these greens eat rookies alive. They just don't understand um, how these greens work. It usually takes a couple of rounds. And 
again, and, and one of the advantages that we have is we we need to understand that this is not the November tournament. A lot of people are going to be playing players based on uh, the tournament in November. It's a completely different course. And, uh, you know, so I can see a lot of these rookies getting played, and we can fade them and take advantage of that. Potentially. I just – with him, yeah, his putting's not great. It's definitely a course you want to play a few times to get the greens down. But he's also fifth in this field, in the best field so far this season outside of the players, and, and strokes gained approach. So he can place his approach shots in a more favorable position than not have to worry about the undulation of the greens. So I still like him at that price. If he was 8200 a 1000 more, yeah, I'd probably be off him. But I think he'll pay off his salary. Yeah, 11, 11.5% owned right now. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think I can play him in more than a lineup or two. What's crazy to me is we talked about Paul Casey, I think, will be the most owned. I think the $6,900 golfer is going to end up being the top five owned, too. Corey oh, Carmen. Yeah, there's no way yeah. that he's not going to be at $6,900. You, you talk about, like, the casual player – that sees where he came in in November is going to put him in there. And then the experienced players would say, hey, in his last four starts, he has three top 15s. Um, he comes off 14th last week at Valero Open. Uh, Corey Connors at 6,900 is mispriced too. Yep. Yeah, he's number 10 in my model. We talked about him uh, last night being, you know, unbelievable that he's under 7K, even in this field, unreal. To me, Connors, and I've liked Connors for a while. I followed his career pretty closely. Danger knows I have a little bit of an affinity for him. Um, but if he just if he just putts reasonably well this week, he's such a phenomenal ball striker that it's another guy kind of like Casey at this salary. How does he? Yeah. You see him paying off his salary, what at least half the time, right? He's just a very safe bet down here. It seems like. Yeah, it's crazy to me, and I think that's where you start when you guys are building your lineups out there, people. You don't start picking Dustin Johnson or Tom Rahm. Start with Corey Carnes, Paul Casey, and then work it out. Yeah, totally agree. Start at the bottom and then find the studs you want to mix and match in there. Yeah, for me, I, I kind of like Matt Kuchar down here at under 7,000. He played well in the match play. Um, I like the veteran players. I like him. Speaking of playing well recently, Gary Wood yeah. in the top 10 last week. Yep, I, I would. Matt Kuchar, I thought he was done, and he's played well, and you got to look at that price at 6800 And Again, I if I had played three lineups, he's not in my lineup. If I'm playing multiple entries, you got to sprinkle him in once or twice. It's hard yeah. not to, right? Yeah. Who else down here, fellas? Any, uh, any love for uh, Mr. Mickelson? A little lefty love. None. No, but I don't. He can't keep None up. Here. I just like to, uh, you know, try to get Adam to do anything besides shake his head when I bring him up. I've heard some <laughs> chatter about. Uh, I've heard some chatter about Willett. He's not on my radar, but um, a lot of the uh, talking head DFS players are chatting up Willett. I mean, for me down here, Mark, I'm looking at this just, just you know, a lot of times I disregard these stats that are up here, but when you sit down here and you're looking at uh, per game scoring right here. 83 from Ryan Palmer, and he's all the way down here at 65. Yeah, and he's been playing uh, fairly well, but I I don't know not I don't know if he's playing Masters well. 
<laughs> I, I redid the model, Adam, but I remember last night um, asking you that, uh, you know, Matt Wallace jumped up in the model last night. He's not as high as the one I just built before the show here. Like, he's he's number 16, but he was, like, number five in the one we built last night. But still, at 6,400, we've talked about recent form. The guy's ninth stroke scanned approach in his last 24 events relative to guys in this field, and he just played great last week. Do I think he'll contend? No, but I'd be surprised if he missed the cut. And at 6400 bucks, that's a guy that you kind of want in your lineup. Um, no love for Sebastian Munoz? The guy's I was just, no, I was just going to talk about that. <laughs> I, I, go. yeah, I got him in a couple lineups. It's 6700 bucks. There's a guy that coming off 19th, right, in the last uh, uh, Masters. And I think that he's a guy that would hit the top 20, right? And it wouldn't shock you. It wouldn't shock you if he didn't make the cut either. So I think there's high risk, high reward there. Uh, but I got him in a couple lineups. That's my kind of guy, though. If we can get high reward out of a guy, yeah. in six. Like if he, if he finishes fifteenth, twenty fifth in DraftKings scoring, would you be shocked at all? Not at all. That's what I'm saying. At sixty six hundred, I I misquoted sixty six hundred. You've got to look at him. Still, what about Carlos Ortiz? Like his approach game has been off a little bit, but he's a really solid putter. He's been trending well. Granted. The thing with Ortiz that scares me a little bit is, like we've talked about, that lack of course history. But when you get down here into this range, you know, I, I'm willing to I'm willing to forego that that rule and just say, let's play guys who can score. Uh, Lanto Griffin popped in the model I made. Mm, Lanto. <laughs> you know I love Lanto. Lanto's uh, your this year's uh, Luke List, man. That's fine. Get Luke List out of my life. I just can't do it anymore, man. Why do I tear up every time? I don't know, course? buddy. I just don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, any any love? Let's let's wrap this up, guys. So any love for these uh, deep, deep bargain grabs? I mean, Zach Johnson's a guy I'm never afraid that if I need to, to dive that deep, I mean, I, I always like him in the big events. So, you know, it's fine if you really got to go low. I don't mind him. Uh, I really want to love Brendan Todd. I really do. I don't know if I can this week. Well, if you look at course history, you could always go Bernard Langer, right? 29th, 68th, cut, and 24th. So he's made the cut four out of the last five at 6,100. But if I was going to dumpster dive, Stewart's going to play decent golf this year, and he's only 6,100 bucks. Uh -huh. I could see Stewie making the cut. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I was talking about, Wiley Veterans. You know, there's there's a couple of guys in, in Sink and Langer and, uh, uh, you know, Zach Johnson – these guys can make the cut, and they're almost complete bottom priced. If someone won the Millionaire Maker and had longer a Stewart sink in the lineup, it wouldn't shock me in the least bit. No. Yeah, if they make the cut and that allowed you to pay up to, you know, yeah. three of the top eight guys, then you won. Yeah. Yeah, you won. All right, well, guys, let's play the little game we like to play, shall we? We're going to go all the way back up to the top. Tony, you're our special guest this week. One player on the screen. One player. If you had to one put your money on one player on the screen. All right. So on this one, yeah, for me, I'll make it really easy. I'll go Dustin Johnson. I said it. People are off this guy. Every show I listen to is talking about John Rahm, DeChambeau, and Thomas. He's going to be lower owned than them. I'm not going to be a smart guy. I'm just going to be the guy with common sense and take the best golfer in the world. I'm with you there, so I'll just skip me, Mark. Yeah, I, no, I'm right on it. Uh, DJ DJ right now is sitting at 11.8% ownership. 
How, how can you pass up that leverage in a large GPP? You have to play them. Adam? Yeah, I think my strategy, as Mark just said, in large GPPs is just foregoing the entire 10K range. Let's go Cantlay, start it off there, and roll. I like Cantlay, too. Uh, I, think right. if, I think if you go balanced lineup, Cantlay is a good place to start or speed. Like, if you want to go balanced lineup, make sure you get six or six. You can get some quality golfers in there if you start with one of those guys. And if they won, you wouldn't be shocked. Yep, not at all. Cool. Mark, what do you got here? Um, I'll be honest. I'm not playing anybody there. All right. What? Skip. Adam, who's your favorite play here? Mark's not playing anyone. In this if, if you if you you put me to favorite play, then I'm taking uh, Cam Smith. But I, I don't plan on playing him. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go course history be damned. Let's go Victor Hovland, one of the best ball strikers in the field. Let's roll. Tony. I'm going to go with uh, Fitzpatrick on his recent form out of this group uh, here. And his price at 8100 I think is almost criminal. I like it. I'm with you on that. Uh, move along. I'll uh, I'll take the lead on this one. Yeah. Where do we stop? Right about there? No. Sure. Huh? Yeah. What, did I, what did I miss? Fleetwood? Yeah, yeah, no, Fleetwood's good. There you go, right there. Yeah, right there. I'll take the lead here. I think you're crazy. I'm going Neiman. You are crazy. I'll yep. do a prop with you on that one. Top 40. I'm going to go no. <laughs> I like it. Adam, what you got here, buddy? Um, I mean, if you're going to give me the chance to do it, I'll take Paul Casey. I like that, too. I'm going to play him in there, too. Tony? Uh, I like Paul Casey, and that's who I got in most of my lineups. But if I was going to just go for another name, I like I mentioned, Adam Scott is uh, $7,600. His course history is here. He's coming off a good event, and I think he's not going to be well-owned. I think we're going to get a guy that can slide by at 7600 Dig it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Paul Casey for me, um, but since everybody's agreeing on that, Abraham Answer is in a lot of my lineups. I like Abe. I like Abe. All right, I'm going to take Neiman out of there. You, you made me nervous, Adam. All right, uh, Adam, go ahead here. Let's start at the top of uh, Mr. Homa and down. Maxi, Homa, and down. You know what? I'm not going to go with Coco. That's just too easy. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a great play. Don't get me wrong. I'll go with um, I'll go with Coochie. I'm kind of with you on Cooch. Yeah. I hate him, but let's Did do you it. Go? I'm with you. Tony. All right. I, I'd go Connors here, but just for uh, the sake of entertainment and give us people that one guy that's criminally mispriced, he's dealt with injuries, but we've seen flashes. Then we've seen him fall apart again. But it would shock if he showed up and played well, and he's played the course. Gary Woodland, 6800 bucks. If you get a healthy Gary Woodland, he's going to do a lot better than $6,800. I could dig it. Mark, I'm going to give you back-to-back -back here. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, Coco is the obvious one, right? Yep. Um, so I'm going to throw one out there. I was going to bring this up later in the show. Um, Jason Kokrak. So he, he popped in number six in my model. Um, that, you know, I, I think he's a good flyer. I don't, I don't know how much I'm going to play him at this price. I wish he was at 6,500, but... Yeah. I like it. All right. Then hit me with uh, one down here. Let's start at, uh, I don't know, Siwoo. 
Starting at Siwu, huh? I know. Where uh, did we leave off? I'm sorry. I missed where we left off. Homa to Fratelli. Yep, Siwu. Siwu and down. Um, in this range, I'm going to have to go with Munoz. I can dig it. Adam, what you got? At least pronounce it right if you're going to take my guy. <laughs> Sebastian Munoz. Um, yeah. I, I just can't do the the rolling in. I have trouble with it. Munoz. <laughs> Fair enough. Tony. All right. Um, in this one, we've talked about a couple of the guys there. And, and of course, I'd go Munoz out of this group. And Ryan, Ryan Palmer, I think it interests me. But I'll just bring up another name. Kevin Na, actually, when I look down at the price, at $6,500, came in 13th in November, 46th prior to that, 55th. So he's made three cuts in a row. Kevin Na is another guy that's not going to make the cut or finish in the top 25. Did, did, did Chris the, Emmerich the, uh, pay the, value? Yeah, the specter of eSports Emmerich came, comes up. <laughs> uh, Emmerich plays Na and Furyk in every tournament. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what he does. Um, yeah, I'm uh, – yeah, I think I got to go Cam Champ. I got to keep a Cam, you know, on uh, at least mention. All right, last one. Let's just take a look at, um, I don't know, Zach Johnson down. Uh, I like Zach Johnson, so I'm just going to go ahead and start with Zach Johnson. Tony, what do you think? No, Zach Johnson's a safe play. Mackenzie Hughes intrigues me at 6,300. Uh, the interesting one, who I don't play because he's only good in Texas, but somehow he – he uh, has made the cut every time in the last five years in this tournament is Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker has a 60th, 36th, 20th, 18th, and 29th his last five appearances in the Masters. Interesting. Interesting. Mark, what you got here? Deep diving. Um, yeah, I have to go with uh, Hughes in this range. Okay. Mackenzie, yeah. Hell of a putter. Uh Adam, I'm going to give you the remainder. What you got? Here's the crazy thing. Oh, Out of that field, right? Not one of us mentioned Henrik Stenson. We're talking about five years ago, one of the top golfers in golf, right? How far is he far? Oh, yeah, he's he's horrible right now. I'm not even giving him a second look. That's how bad he's been. Can he yeah. qualify for the champions? Can he just go away? He's not old enough yet. Um, <laughs> speaking of old, though, I just – I got to go with Bernard Longer, man. He's made four like of the it. last five cuts, finished top 30 last year. I don't care if he's 60, whatever. Like He's my dad's age, but yeah, I like let's him. do it. Let's go Longer. I like him. All right. Well, look, guys, we got some really nice names in my little lineup I built here with Johnson and Fitz and Kuchar, Casey Connors. We still have $9,000 left. So, yeah, man, you can get some value. You can play some mid plays. You can pay up for a few guys. I come up here, and I could take Mr. Hovland and make Adam happy. And look at that. That's a pretty sexy looking Ugh. lineup. That's gross. Play web. Play web. Yeah. yeah, I'm not playing web. Hoblin's gross. Forget your web. Forget your <laughs> web, my friend. Forget it. All right. Well, that's all I've got for y'all. I appreciate you uh, tuning in. I think maybe we'll put out a graphic or an article. Maybe we'll bother Tony to uh, to join in and uh, put a little quick uh, picks out for everybody by tomorrow, um, late afternoon or early evening, uh, and our final thoughts. So uh, we are Draft for Upside. This is In the Cup with special guest Tony Sincata. We appreciate you all joining us, and we will see you after the Masters. Good luck, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.